Chapter 15 The Doctor's Medicine The little followers bombarded us when the first little guy dove around my ankles. I tried to shoo him off, but two others took hold of my wrists. Before I knew it, I was dragging at least eight of them across the tiled floor. You can let go already. I didn't do anything wrong. God knows what you did, whispered the follower hanging from my neck. Jane and I were forced to sit in the designated chairs, and without warning, they fastened restraints around our arms. Hey, let us go. What is this? said Jane. He can't have that coat. He never signed his contract, said the preacher. Well, it's not his. It's mine, said Jane. Then why is he wearing it? said the preacher. How am I supposed to wear four coats at once? It's mine, and he's holding on to it until I get cold next winter. It's all summed up in your contract, said Jane. All of them were considering the idea while the preacher was tapping his toe in disgust. Four coats, whispered one of the followers. That is a bit much to wear at once. Hmm, said the preacher, rubbing his chin. Fine, but he needs to sign the contract. It's a piece of bloody paper, and he's not signing the contract. Now let us go, yelled Jane. The followers looked to the preacher. Not yet, said the preacher. Before the game begins, you'll need to be taught the way of God. We were stuck in a waiting area, or maybe a doctor's office, with all different doors around the room. The closest one was painted dark blue with metal spikes over the top, and the other one beside it was fat and red with reeds surrounding it, and then there was a skinny yellow door that seemed a bit too tall. My eye watched a follower exit through the pink door on the left, only to emerge a moment later with a handful of tools through the light blue door on the right. Soon every door was opened and closed, exited and entered, until the followers wheeled a screen in front of us. And where is everyone else? I don't know who you're talking about, said the preacher. Where are they? demanded Jane. She was thrashing in her seat, fuming with anger as her stones clanked against the metal armrests. We're talking about Otto, Manuka, and Levi. Where's the rest of them? said Jane. Where's our family? Family? I didn't know you were related. The preacher paused. Yes, well, they're around here somewhere. You'll have a chance to see them, but first we've got a few things on the agenda. A follower is reaching up toward the power button on the screen but couldn't quite reach. This will help explain things, said the preacher, pressing the power on and then patting his follower on the head. Our reflections were staring back from the blank screen before an electric vision came to life. A film began playing when a man wearing a gold mask came forward on the screen. He was dressed in a tight black membrane and spoke with powerful pronunciation. He was a muscular creature, a man more or less, but maybe more of a wild ape than a human being. We are here to continue God's legacy, said the man in the gold mask. Each one of us is called to fulfill a piece of the pyramid's prophecy, and every path depends on each choice. God is watching, and so am I. God commands it, whispered the followers behind us. This eerie man in the gold mask came forward on his tiptoes. Skinny yet wide, peculiar and robust, his frame stretched the black membrane tight while his pectoral muscles puffed out. You may be wondering, who am I, said the man in the gold mask. I'm the opposite of love, and that's why they named me Evil. I am love backwards. He turned sideways to expose a hefty buttocks and a back that seemed to cover him like a shell. Lengthy arms, 
much like an overgrown baboon, pointed to us when his backside protruded over his hind legs like a strange mammal that survived extinction. If you've made it here, then magic awaits you. Together we exist in this moment, caught between the living and dead, and nowhere else, said Evol. It's been 28 years without a planet to call home, and we're so thankful you summoned us back. The screen switched scenes before gunshots and explosions rattled the projection. Then the man in the gold mask reappeared while a flag floated behind him. The flag was black and white with a red stripe through the middle. The flag then dissolved when the masked man spoke again. Only God's followers will be rewarded with a gift of everlasting life, but only if they obey the rules and make it to the very end, said Evol. Voices started cheering through the sound beacons around the screen. Evol continued, As every world must die, the realm of the Great Pyramid remains unscathed, and all those sinners who deny the truth will be at the mercy of those who roam this pyramid, just as God commands it. Bombs and bullets reappeared on the screen behind the projection of evil. Gunshots rattled our ears, a mushroom cloud demolished a city of buildings, and Jane's body twitched as she reached for my hand. Follow God, and I promise we will not lead you astray, said Evol. Without notice, the video lost signal before black and white dots crackled across the screen. The speckled checkerboard consumed the video, and there was only static. Everyone in the room cringed from the sound. What's happening, said the preacher. This isn't part of it. He smacked the side of the monitor, but the static grew worse. Frantic energy spread through the room while we covered our ears, even the followers had fallen to their knees and began chanting to the Lord. Oh, make it stop, one of them begged. Please, God, how could you command it? Suddenly it stopped, and now a new man appeared. He had a gray beard, and he was hiding in a surveillance room while the man in the gold mask was nowhere to be found. I don't have much time, said the old man. My name is Ditto, and you must listen. My eyes locked on. Rumors spread about him inside the order, but his pale face had grown tattered from the memory I'd imagined all those years ago. You were never supposed to find us. We were never supposed to come back. You couldn't understand it, but you must not follow these people. Find your intuition and follow it instead. It knows more than the mind of the wealthiest king. Follow the intuition and you can be freed from this place, said Ditto. This isn't right, said the preacher as his arms tried to cover the screen. God wouldn't command this. It's okay, I paused. That's ditto. They say he's the savior of the... The preacher turned and pointed a finger between my eyes. Savior of nothing. That man is a nobody compared to our Lord and God, said the preacher. His eyes were stern, yet all of his followers panicked while they jumped in front of the screen trying to hide the video. I don't get it. What's happening? But we know him said Jane. He went missing years ago. Ditto continued from the screen. It must have taken so much courage to get here, but I must warn you about what lies within. Some of these bodies are possessed. Many are incarnated beings, but all of us are here because we have sinned. You'll never leave this place without risking your life. Only an honest soul can survive. Survive? What's he talking about? asked Jane. "'Will somebody shut this off?' yelled the preacher. "'There's no cable, sir,' said one of the followers. "'It's a signal broadcast coming from the top down. "'A forced feed, like all the church and government updates. "'It's not going off unless the king orders it.' 
Oh, how could God command it? begged a follower. Life in this pyramid acts like an incubator for the cosmic realm. All the people here control what happens out there, both above and below, Ditto paused. And as for the pain we feel, well, it is here to guide us and show us the way. Sometimes we must endure a good beating to ensure that each lesson stays. Open up, Ditto, said a voice hidden on the screen. We know you're in there. I was very close to liberation. I even saw the very end, said Ditto, but I made a critical mistake that cost me everything. That is why I'm here with you. They tricked me. Never put I before us, and never again will I make the same mistake. I'm warning you, Ditto. Open the door and we'll make it easy on you, said the voice somewhere behind him. Tears were running down his face. I couldn't see everything through the follower's fingers, but how did he know that Jane and I were here? Did he know it was us? He's been stuck for 28 years. He never left, whispered Jane. My choice has brought me here and I accept my fate. And soon you will have to make a choice as well. Choose the intuition. It cannot lie, said Ditto. Someone was banging on the door behind him. A battering ram was slamming against the metal as the lock held on. But why? I begged. When I was my brightest, and so was the sun, it wasn't dawn summoning me. We were summoning us as one, said Ditto. The mistake I made cost me this life. But if you succeed, then my life wasn't wasted. Without warning, the door behind Ditto broke open when men in uniforms rushed to grab him. They didn't look nice to begin with, but it only took another moment until I knew for sure. They broke the first rule called love when they threw him to the ground and beat him with batons. Then they broke the rule again, and again, while they pounded his face and legs. Blood spattered on the ceiling each time they raised the batons high. Those men beat him badly, again and again and again, until his body couldn't move. Tears streaming, extravagant weeping, and terrible noises echoed between Jane and I, but no one could stop watching. No different than a mashed orange, we watched them drag his body off the screen and out into the hallway. Only the trail of blood was left before they untied Jane and I from the chairs. We fell to the ground, where she buried her head into my side. Wrapping my arms around Jane, I felt an uncontrollable sobbing shake our bodies before a baton struck the screen, turning the video black. All thirty or so of the followers began backtracking towards the doors before they left us alone one by one. God commands it, whispered the last follower before leaving through the purple door. The preacher was behind us, standing beside the dark brick staircase leading down. No one else was brave enough to stand near the dark abyss. How can a loving God cause such agony? asked Jane. God doesn't need to explain why everything happens. The wicked will always receive what is due. And all I can say is that we all have a choice, and I choose to serve God. Choose the path of faith, and God will watch over you, said the preacher. But may I make one suggestion? Never take this staircase down. Only the devil would command such a thing. The abyss rumbled like an empty stomach begging for a meal. The murmuring echoed until the preacher stepped away from it. And it's best you sign that contract sooner than later. The longer it takes, the worse it could get. Now you can continue on as far as you'd like. But like I said, it's impossible to leave this place without signing it. This is what God commands, said the preacher. He exited in silence through a red door before Jane and I rose thinking the same thing. 
We have to find our friends and get out. A different door swung open when a group of people dressed in blue gowns came toward us. Their heads, hands, and mouths were covered in this fabric. All I could see were their eyes watching us. Then the largest man lowered himself to a knee before placing a hand on my leg. I'm a doctor, and doctors make things better, said the man in blue. I heard what happened. It was terrible. They were hurting Ditto. And it came from this screen, asked the doctor. It sure was awful, Jane added. I've never seen anything like it. And we haven't seen the rest of our friends, I mean our family yet. And, oh, you poor things, interrupted the doctor. And they made you watch all of it. It must have been so hard. His hand swept off my legs before he reached into his pockets. A distinct clicking sound rattled as he presented us with an orange gift. It was a tiny bottle with pills inside. This is medicine, and medicine makes things better. Everyone here takes it. And if you want to see your family, then you'll have to take your medicine first, said the doctor. Do you know where they are? asked Jane. She was pleading with this man, but how could we trust anyone? And why were they hiding behind these masks? I checked a few of the doctor's eyes, looking for any sign of friendship, but I couldn't see anything behind the blue gowns. Where's our family? Where are they? I took a step towards the doctor and clenched my fist in a ball, but he saw it and took a step back. Easy now. I wouldn't do that if I were you. God doesn't command fighting. Not unless it's needed, said the doctor. And what about Ditto? How could God command that? I didn't see what happened, but God is never wrong. I wouldn't question God if I were you, said the doctor. There was only silence between us now. And I have seen the others. They were here just a few minutes ago. There were two men, one black and the other dark brown. Then a woman, too. And all of them took their medicine without complaining once. I bet they've explored half the universe by now. They're having so much fun. Well, I'm sure they didn't forget about you. But it's just that, well, the universe inside our pyramid is magnificent. All the levels are, said the doctor. What levels? Twenty-eight levels, to be exact. For the twenty-eight mansions of the moon, said the doctor. Where? It's everywhere. Behind these doors, it's in and out, up and down, as above, so below, said the doctor. Then what is this place? asked Jane. Oh, dear, you don't know where you are. They haven't told you. This is it. You're right in between everything you'll ever need, and our king preserved it perfectly, just as God commands, said the doctor. I'm sure the levels are great, but we need to see our family, said Jane. First you'll take your medicine, said the doctor, shaking the pill bottle. He opened the cap and set a white pill in my palm. What is this? This one is called happiness, and I have the largest supply. Chew one in the morning and take another after dinner. And if you ever feel really sad, you can take a few more whenever you'd like, said the doctor. He set a pill in Jane's hand, too. Now go on, take your medicine. God commands it, said the doctor. I popped the pill into my mouth and started chewing. Jane did the same. Now let's give you a quick checkup while you're here. Stand up, my boy, said the doctor. At once, the doctors began poking metallic devices into my ears, nose, mouth, and say, ah, said a woman. Can you feel this, said another poking my knee. Of course. And let me listen for a minute, said the doctor, reaching up under my shirt and holding a cold metal against my chest. Well, you're just a dapper lad, aren't you? A what? His hands began feeling my body, starting with my shoulders, down to my legs, and in between. It seemed strange to touch another person everywhere, but he said he was a doctor, and that doctors know where to look. 
The team moved over to Jane before the same tests were done to her. The doctors checked her everywhere, and when they reached in between her pants, Jane slapped his arm away. Stop it, yelled Jane. But we need to check everything, said the doctor. His hands moved too fast, and she didn't catch him this time. The doctor grabbed her crotch. Oh boy, said the doctor. You've got a... Jane slapped him across the face, and his blue mask flew off. The preacher jumped into the room through the tan doorway. What was that? What happened? said the preacher. A unicorn, said the doctor. The king should be very pleased to hear this. Is she the one? Is she the virgin? said the preacher. Not quite, but this is an important sign, said the doctor. Then surely the virgin is on her way. What's your name, Missy? said the preacher. Miss Mary Jane, she said, and don't you dare think about touching me again. It's rare to find one as beautiful as you are, said the doctor. His eyes didn't move off Jane. Well, this changes things. The king needs to meet you right away, said the preacher. Oh, how God commands it, exclaimed the followers as they ran into the room. Suddenly my lips went a bit numb. My body felt light, skin tingling, and I could have been floating away for all I knew while I observed the followers piling back into the room clapping and cheering. Was this a big circus? Or a madhouse? It was just like a loony dream, but I couldn't wake up. Wait, what news? What was happening? The preacher escorted Jane toward a door across the room while the doctor handed me an orange capsule full of medicine. Walking away, a sudden ambush of warm feelings captivated my senses. They escorted me toward the gray door while every worry vanished. The doctor was right. This medicine was pure happiness, but never had I felt it before. Now one of the followers took hold of my arm and led me to the other side of the room. Do you like the medicine? Everyone here loves it. I can get you more if you'd like, asked the follower. Their smiles were wooing me, and all of them offered tremendous encouragement while they opened the gray door. I hadn't a clue where we were heading, because all their fingers felt so soft against my skin. Even Jane felt it. She was smiling at me from across the way. I waved back and smiled before checking the label on the orange pill bottle. Hey, what's palazapram? I think you spelled happiness wrong. Wait, Jane yelled across the room. He's coming with me. No friends are allowed. God gives us our own path for a reason, said the doctor. I didn't realize how far apart they'd separated us before Jane broke free from the doctors to hug me tight. He's my brother, said Jane. Oh, that's right, your family. Well, all right, said the preacher. We should keep family together then. It's what God would command. Come on, my boy, this way. I waved goodbye to the followers, then to all the doctors, and I even waved to anyone else I forgot to meet who piled into the room to bid us farewell. Your medicine feels nice, I told the doctor. Everyone was clapping and cheering behind us while the doctor held open the purple door. And if you behave, I'll even let you try the medicine called bliss. It's magnificent, said the doctor.